Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank descriptions of sex, and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy. He fit me so perfectly his dick pressing against my prostate with each slow thrust. It was beautiful and frustrating, and my entire body was singing. His abs pressed down on my dick, causing toe-curling friction. I gasped when my orgasm rolled down my spine, flipping my balls inside out. My body locked up, and I spilled between us, groaning his name. My ass pulsed around him, and he joined me, shuddering over me, while he was whispering my name over and over, his voice catching with his pleasure. Claire. Yes? Um, we might need to call 911 because somebody's balls have flipped inside out. <laughs> Also, because I know what book that's from, I be- I would bet money that that was only two sentences, that whole thing. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I highlighted one of the one of the paragraph long sentences that I do want to read later. Girl, tr- <laughs> you can trust I'm going to rant about. It. Anyway, um so let's let's as as much as I enjoy your your sultry reading voice, we should do rants now. Let's do our podcast. Oh, oh all right. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Marry, Kill with the characters. And all the spoilers. So many spoilers. If you've come here just for a regular old review, thumbs up, thumbs down, you're not getting it here. Nope. No, no, no. We, we're telling you the beginning, the middle, the end, the drama, the twists, the turns... The Serpentining Stories. <laughs> Ooh, let's have a lot of let's have a lot of sibilance in this episode. Um, Claire, Neil, you. Oh no, I need to finish the thick. Sorry, <laughs> the listeners. If you don't like spoilers, pause, pause this right now. Just go read the books and then come back. Yeah, it's no problem. I mean, you can uh, acquire these books on any Amazon. <laughs> Amazon. Also, these books are short. So, like, just read them and come back to us, like, tomorrow. It'll be fine. Yeah, no big deal. No big deal at all. And then you can listen to us rant about them. But these books, Claire, what books are these? What did we read? Oh, Neil Higgins. We have picked some amazing books. Well, I have Don't, picked None of this we shit. None of this we shit. <laughs> I have picked some amazing books. Um uh-huh. Dangerous Serpent's Secret Desire, Serpent Shifter Romance, Company 417, Shifter Series, Book 8, by oh, Amelia Wilson. That is, the, I think that's the record for the <laughs> longest title we've ever had. It might be. And oh Any Fang for Him, A Bite to Save, Shifter, and Preg Possible, Love Story, Korea, Book 5, by J.D. Light. With uh, editor and Atwood, and I don't know what ended. That, <laughs> I am lost nope, as to what ended. Nope. <laughs> Do you? Th- mm, we'll get into it. Uh, but Claire, <laughs> yes. What was the theme? Well, the theme was snake shifters. So so specific. So specific. <laughs> oh my gosh! Good. So oh god. Um. 
Claire, what have you done? Uh, let's talk about these books. But first, what has got you hot and bothered? Um, I just finished watching uh, Love Has Won, the documentary. I believe it's on Netflix. Maybe it's on Hulu. Maybe it's on HBO. I do not remember. Um, oh, it's on HBO. Um, or Max. Fucking whatever. It's HBO. Blech. Twitter is Twitter. HBO is HBO. Indubitably. So, but I just finished the Love Is One documentary. I've been watching a lot of the cult documentaries. I enjoy them. I, um, but I was worried that this one, it's so recent. Um, I was worried that it would be really sensationalized. And, um, I don't know, like, I just had a feeling that this one would be gross. But honestly, I think the documentarians did a much better job than most of these most of these documentaries do with like being empathetic towards the cult members like trusting the stories that they tell like not questioning them not like being like but isn't it silly that you followed this guy like into the woods and then like maimed cattle or whatever and the cult leaders are being like no and then you have to feel like yeah you're a dumbass for doing that this one was really much better where it was where the you heard the filmmakers using the language that the cult the the cult members used and you really did feel a lot of empathy for them not just for um not just for what happened in the downfall but how much love they genuinely had for each other and for the person who was their leader but like true love and like the complicated relationship in your own mind when you see somebody as a human being when you see them for their frailties and their faults but you still love them and when that love is especially deep like like it can be in cults and like the reason you follow someone around even when they're like bad to you and i thought it was brilliant like i, I genuinely did and it was very sad and it was heartbreaking and like at times you're like well this is the fucking dumbest thing i've ever heard come out of somebody's mouth truly dumb fucking shit but they didn't lean too much into the sens sensationalism like the love is one cult leaned pretty hard into trumpism and all of the trump conspiracy theories and they glance at that but they don't let that be the resting place they want us they want everybody to still see the humanity in them as much as possible and they do a really really good job and i thought it was a much better doc documentary than i thought it was going to be so i honestly i kind of recommend it great i have never even heard of this oh my god this this cult's kind of nuts um it's a online cult uh the the leader was this woman who was very new agey and she called herself mother god and um <laughs> mother god darling oh my goodness and um and of course they did all the same sort of like you know sending out like soaps and whatever that are bad and saying that silver is something you should ingest blah 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 <sighs> um she got really sick and she got really sick in large part because she was an alcoholic and a drug addict and an anorexic and she just kept ingesting silver and that probably killed her in the end Ugh. and her followers didn't know what to do because they genuinely believed she was a god 
And they also believed that there were aliens in spaceships who were going to come and take her body. Oh. And so they just had her body. And they didn't know what to do. And they were like, and I always thought this was kind of the funniest part of this cult because she, the, the lady, the way that her, they, they kept her body, she kind of became mummified. Uh-huh. Like she didn't like, she, she didn't disintegrate the way most bodies do because of the way they kept her body. And whew, um, so they just took it with them places and 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 like it's funny because you know it's they just had this cult leader with them but it's also it's excruciatingly sad because they genuinely believed and like what is it like to have your belief system falling apart around you and you have a dead mummified body on your hands oh my god it was incredible it was absolutely incredible um okay yeah it was it's a nut so it's you know it's very sad it's a very yeah. sad situation it's extremely sad i don't want to call it say keep saying crazy and nuts so and whatever that's not really fair to human beings but like it's out there man yeah it is out there man <laughs> and neil yes what has got you hot and bothered the economy oh no <laughs> um i was listening to an episode of the daily recently that was basic like it was basically like yeah people keep talking about how bad the economy is but it's actually doing well um and okay people who report on these things the 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 person that was being interviewed on this episode of the daily they know more about the economy than i do but at the same time I couldn't help but feel ever so slightly gaslit because it's like, yeah, people keep talking about how bad the economy is, but all our indicators show that the economy is doing well. It's just that things like groceries are much more expensive and then things like cars, houses, and student loans are so much more expensive and so much more of a burden than they have been in the past. But the economy's doing fine. And I'm like, I don't see how those two things can be possibly true. And so the the person that interviewed gave this example of like, oh, well, we don't want recession. We don't want things to become less expensive because then people won't spend money. Because if there's like this shirt they want to buy, they won't spend the money. They'll wait until next week to buy it when it's cheaper. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to wait until next week to buy groceries. Someone's not going to wait until next week buy gas for their car like i i i think and again i don't know a lot about the economy but what i feel like how we measure the economy is based so much on a middle class that continues to shrink exponentially in this country so when you say things like the economy is doing well but higher education housing and cars three hallmarks of the middle class are too expensive for a lot of people right now, then clearly the economy is not doing well. Yeah. I, again, I don't know enough about it, but I just, I feel like, I feel like the metrics by which we measure our economy need to change. I also personally feel like we need to reimagine capitalism because it's a garbage fire. Um, but just the the fact that someone can say, no, the economy is doing well, but the, the, the things that we use to measure that 
are just too expensive for a lot of people right now. God. And then the next episode, the next day's episode was um, someone talking about buying versus renting. And he's like, there's a stigma around renting when there really, really shouldn't be. And he's like, I, my wife and I bought a house in our late 30s. And I really wish we had waited until we like bought the house that we actually wanted. We should have just rented all through our 20s and 30s and bought in our 40s. Everyone, if you need to rent, that's fine. Just do it. Wait until... Basically, his advice is like, wait until you see the house that you know you're going to stay in for a long time to buy a house other than just like go, f- go rent because there's money extra money that you are that you can save up to do other things but anyway i was like thank you you get, you get it guy um so yeah it's just uh, it is it's just so for and then this uh the the first episode that i was talking about that was basically like oh yeah things like groceries are so much more expensive and then it was basically like yeah well we don't see that changing so everyone just has to get used to it I'm like, that's not that. <sighs> anyway, it frustrates me. It bothers me a lot. Um, and yeah, somebody no. pointed, I saw somebody point out that like people are like, oh, I can make rent and I can afford to go on vacation once a year and I don't have to worry about groceries. I'm so middle class. It's like, no, 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 no. Back in the 80s, up until the 80s, middle class was a family of four with a single income could have a house and one or two cars. And Uh not have to worry about money. That was middle class. And now we're like, oh my God, I can have avocado test once a week. I'm so middle class. It's like, no. Nope. 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 Yeah. Anyway. I, I, I... I don't understand that. And like the the next story is always like the economy's doing fine. Also, the homelessness problem is the worst it's been ever. Right. Like, and they just those, those like two things follow each other all the time. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Do all those people who are homeless not count? <laughs> like, are we no, just, of like, course they don't. Claire, they're not paying taxes. They don't count. <laughs> they they literally can't be counted so through yeah. our normal means of counting which is taxes yeah. so we don't I, count so I find it so interesting that it's like oh well people feel a certain way about the economy but that doesn't necessarily necessarily make it true when the economy is influenced primarily by two things one the rich being greedy and two psychology the way people think about money perceive money perceive the value of money what's going to happen to the value of money it's all psychological anyway it's all it's all black magic and rich people jerking off to each other like that's all the economy is so i don't understand why why someone why a shrinking middle class not being able to like buy a house right now if somebody wants to doesn't count towards oh the economy's not doing well you know whatever it's fine it's i have salted caramel baileys in my mouth right now everything's gonna be great everything's gonna be great everything's gonna be great also i did feel validated by the fact that i'm still renting into my late 30s so i'm like thank you thank you sir from the daily anyway should we talk about some books let's talk about some books yeah Dangerous Serpent Secret Desire, Serpent Shifter Romance, Company 417 Shifter Series Book 8 by Amelia Wilson. Gwen just wants to help a child rescue from the fire. Barrett wants the same thing, but it's impossible to deny the attraction they feel for one another. But how can they find love while they try to get to the bottom of a dark and terrible secret? Gwen. She knows she should focus on Susanna. 
Who? The little girl needs help, and she's afraid to tell Gwen her secret, but it's damned hard to focus when Barrett is around. He's sexy, he's smart, he's a distraction. Susanna has bonded to the man who saved her, though. She needs him to get to the bottom of the mystery. She's starting to believe she needs him for more reasons than that. Barrett. He was glad to save the little girl. He can't help feel bonded to her the way she bonds to him. And he certainly has no complaints about spending time with Gwen. She's funny, she's smart, and she's so damn drop-dead gorgeous that he can't help but fantasize. But the little girl he saved from the fire isn't the only one with a secret. Would Glenn be interested in him if she knew what he was? Can Gwen and Barrett discover the terrible secret in the heart of this little girl? Can they face the way their own hearts yearn for each other? Will Gwen still want him when she learns he's a shifter? Is happily ever after possible for Gwen? You'll read all about it in Dangerous Serpent's Second... See, the Dangerous Serpent's Secret Desire is filled with love, lust, and danger, and plenty of shifter excitement. It's the newest book in the always steamy and romantic Company 417 shifter series. Okay, Claire. Oh, lies. Lies! Nothing but lies! Okay, first, there's... There's a very important lie in the title. Dangerous Serpent Secret Desire. Uh, there's no danger. There's no there's danger. No danger. He's There's the, barely a serpent. He's not dangerous. Um, the desire is never secret. <laughs> and the fact that he's a shifter literally has nothing to do with this whole book. Nothing to do with this whole book. It's, he didn't need to be a shifter. He just needed to be a fireman, which I'm picking up from the book series that it follows... Uh, a firehouse and all the men who work there are shifters. Yes. That's so the company silly. 417. It, it was like, also, who the fuck is Susanna? Uh, Susanna's Peanut. No, Peanut is Peanut. Susanna's some other girl we don't know about. No, Susanna is her name. Do they say it? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Claire, what's this book about? Okay, so the very first thing is we meet Automaton Gwen. She's not an actual automaton. She has just decided to not have feelings. Now, we find out later she has decided to not have feelings for an exceptionally good reason. Yes. That she is um, she's a social worker specifically dealing with children who have been abandoned and abused and are going through the foster care system. She deals with them specifically when they have been picked up by the police when the trauma has happened. Her job is to figure out how bad the trauma is and what they need, needs to happen with them next and then send them on their way to the next thing that happens. That is the only time she deals with them. She deals with them on the worst days of their lives and they are children. I'm um, really fast. I am so sorry. I was looking at... I was like, looking through the book, I was like, epilogue. Did I read the epilogue? And I was skimming the end of the last chapter. I was like, did I finish this book? And then I have a note on the, like, fifth to last page. It's like, I assume I finished this book. I literally do not remember. <laughs> I don't know if I read the epilogue or not. What I don't know what's going on. For you. <laughs> I forgot we're not at my condo. Oh, Oh, no, I do remember that line. Okay, maybe I did read this. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I was definitely listening to what you were saying. 
but I also was like, did I finish this book? So something, (laughs) when I read this first chapter where we follow Gwen and it's like her getting up and starting her day and establishing for us her routine and the fact that she dissociates a lot, that she like represses feelings and it goes like every single, like she gets up, she turns off the alarm, she takes a shower, she goes to the boat and it like follows all of her movements exactly. I'm like, oh, this is interesting that it, it, it is the narrative is intentionally monotonous to establish the monotony of her life yeah. to like make us feel this. And then I read the second chapter is like, Oh no, that's just how the writer writes. I would say the writer pushed it a little bit more for that first chapter, but yes, I would say the writer definitely has this sort of stilted. Then this happened, then this happened, then this happened sort yeah. of sense. Um, but I will give her credit in that I think she was trying harder in the first chapter. <laughs> well, she's very good at that. Yeah. Um, so, and the, so the first chapter it is, and it's very automaton-like. She's just getting through a day, and you don't know why. You just know that she shut off all of her feelings. And the next chapter is for Barrett, and he is... He, <gasps> Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm so sorry. I was like, when did they say Susanna? And then I and then I searched it. I was like, oh, that's right. The really dumb thing about the Danish woman. Okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Good podcasting is what we're doing here. Uh, yeah, I listen. <laughs> listen. I can't afford a house, so I'm just gonna be distracted by books. I'm so, I'm so, I am so, so I'm so sorry. I'm very sorry. I'm going to pay attention now. <laughs> oh my god. Uh that is okay. I do get the feeling like there is a sense of boredom throughout this book uh-huh. and that the drama is very strange. Um and the way it's paced out is very strange. The next thing we get to is Barrett. Barrett is on his I'd day off. I had already forgotten his name, even though I said it 30 times. <laughs> Barrett is on his day off. Okay. He is enjoying being a snake, a big, huge fucking snake, just out in the woods doing his thing. And doing then he snake gets to, things. He gets out to the parking lot and he's like, mm, you know what I like? I like just sitting around in the sun. I'm just going to do that for the next 45 minutes. And there was a part of me that was genuinely jealous. I was like, oh, oh for sure. That does sound but, there's, nice. but there's also like, was it this one or the other one? It's probably both of them where it gave us all this like information about that's particular to snake shifters that just wasn't important. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it like at first it felt like this was unimportant because the first thing you get from snake shifters is that like, guess what? They don't have to take off their clothes uh, when yes. you shift into being a snake because it's just and then I was like. And then the explanation of that made no fucking sense. It was just like an extra layer and snakes are used to having layers. And I was like, what? I I kind of appreciated that like, oh, snakes shed their skin. So like having this extra layer isn't a big deal for a snake as opposed to other shifters. I was like, okay, like it's an interesting connection to try and make sure, sure, sure. it doesn't matter. It literally does not matter for this book ever once. No, ever it once. doesn't. Because he could have just had extra clothes in his car. Except in the epilogue, only it only matters once in the epilogue. We we only or not see him the epilogue, be a, the last chapter. Yeah, we only see him be a snake like twice. Twice, and it didn't matter to the plot. It didn't matter at all. 
at all. No. Because he's like, he turns it, okay, three times, because he turns into a snake to go rescue Peanut. Uh-huh. But he's also a firefighter. He could have done that anyway. Yeah. Because <laughs> he had to turn back into a person to to rescue to 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 pick her up and ca- he wasn't going to be a snake that's going to like oh come with me little girl hide inside my mouth or whatever <laughs> so he but it didn't matter it didn't matter it didn't matter ah! like it did feel like the writer had written a romance between a firefighter and a social worker and then had realized that this is how to sell a book and honestly good for her um and she added i mean we bought it so yeah yeah so i mean that's how we looked for it so that's how you looked for it claire you did it. i keep saying we and i do mean (laughs) i it's a royal we listen listen we do not share credit for picking these books we have both done terrible things (laughs) we've also both done great things facts facts Anyway, so he's out in the woods um, as a snake, and then he becomes a human again so he can drive home. Uh, he smells fire. He gets out. He's like, turns back into a snake so he could investigate the fire. He hears was, screaming. Was the fire just like in the woods on the side of the road? Yeah, it somewhere? was kind of on the side of the road. Also, I may have just... I don't know if it said this, or maybe I'm just imagining it because he was a snake. I thought he, like, when he was talking about driving down the road, I pictured kind of, like, desert. But I don't know if that's true. I maybe just picture that because he's a snake. And then it's like, there's a fire. I'm like, but what's on fire? Like, the three bushes? Yeah, it didn't no, I say. was picturing more like Oregon. Oh, okay. I never said, we're in, we're in town comma state, so who knows? Yeah. yeah. I think just because he said snake that I was like, oh, and that there was, like, a place like a rock for him to sit on in the sun which does exist in forest i think i just pictured desert so i was like but where is this fire what is on fire there could be brush fires in the desert yeah but i but they did say tall trees he said tall trees oh, okay so i obviously was not paying attention <laughs> i feel like i'm telling you the book <laughs> yeah i did read it i which did funny, in fact read like, it the next book series i am supposed to read one of the books all by myself so that you can have that experience <laughs> we're doing it now we're doing it i now. remember things i remember her name is peanut i remember she's nonverbal for a lot she's nonverbal for a lot of it and then oh sorry keep going because <laughs> this is the whole thing about how she jeopardizes her job and doesn't even realize that that's what she's doing well so barrett rescues peanut because he hears her screaming um so he he's he rushes into the woods as snake he hears her screaming he turns back into a human grabs her up next we're back with gwen who it's it's a brand new day and I did just imagine that Beatles song. It's a brand new day. It's just another day. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, you know. See, when someone says uh, brand new day, the first thing I think of is the whiz. Oh. The one at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> different types of people. Different types of people. Different types of people. Um, Gwen is going through her day again, but she has a breakdown um, because she's thinking about her work and she's thinking about a, a an abused child. FYI, rough. trigger warning for anybody who, like, we're not going to talk about them because I don't no. think there's a need to in this, but if you want to read this book um, and also don't want to read about abused children, the, don't read this book. Don't read this book. Um, but uh, the author covers it very well, and it's mm-hmm. very sad. Um, it got 
dark and heavy dark. real fast real, dark. real fast we're like oh yeah gwen just doesn't want to feel feelings and of course because this is a romance novel it's like oh she's been jilted by an ex whatever whatever she jerks off in the shower every morning everything's fine abused child yeah. it's like oh god oh god i mean although i'll give it to the writer i agreed i agreed. yeah yeah i wouldn't I mean, want to feel feelings either i think i think this is maybe the only character that we've read who's like i want to cut myself off of my feelings i'm like yeah i get it yeah yeah girl do it so you gotta survive somehow yeah but also like you can't do that forever she can't, she's gonna get burnt out well, she says that even she says like if somebody had come to me and i realized that they were this disassociated i would tell them that they needed help right away mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i recognize that in myself but i'm just gonna keep going like i really enjoyed that I imagine mental health professionals are the worst at seeking mental health help. Yeah. Just like physicians are the worst at going to doctors. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I get it. I get it. So, um, so we see her doing that and she, and she's called into work and it's about peanut and it's about the circumstance and that peanut will not leave Barrett's arms. And so peanuts just staying at Barrett's house. So we get there and Gwen and Barrett talk. Gwen tries to like talk with Peanut. Peanut's not having it. And at that point, um, the book decides we don't need information now. Um, (laughs) And it literally says, so then we put Peanut to bed and just fucked a lot. (laughs) It skips from, hello, Peanut, talk to me. Oh, she won't. She's been silent this whole time. Hmm. So we put Peanut to bed and just fucked. <laughs> and it was mm-hmm. like, why? Why Why did we decide to just, like, go to that part? I like, don't know. Like, can't we just have, like, a, they're sitting down and talking and then they just feel emotions and they're sad about Peanut and they don't know what to do and then they just find themselves fucking or something? Like, we only I, had I, 70-something pages, Claire. Oh, my God. There was apparently no time. There was no time for that. <laughs> no time for that. Also, she never once thinks, like, oh... If someone finds out I'm doing this, I'll probably get fired. Like, immediately, I was like, this is bad. You're not supposed to do this. And then she says that her work tells her that she has to stay with them and, like, stay with Peter. I do not believe that a government would give up a person to just stay with one kid until until that kid is communicative again. Well, and at the end of the book, we find out her uncle is her boss. And I'm oh, like, that's right. Is this that's even right. a government thing? Like, is also, this just a random company that helps so, children? It was so weird how that was introduced because he walks in and is like, hello, sweetheart. And we're like, ew, creepy boss. And she's like, hi, Uncle Leroy, or whatever. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah. Why didn't you tell us that your uncle was your boss? What are you doing? Yeah, why was this information hidden from us for uh, no fucking reason? Also, why does it even exist? <laughs> Unimportant. Look, Neil, all I know is the next things that happen in this book, they just have sex and then they agree mutually that she's just going to stay there. Both of their bosses are fine with them taking off as much time as they need to to help cure Peanut of her inability to talk. Over the next couple of weeks, they have sex, they play family and eventually peanut chills out and is like starts to trust them a little bit now the child psychology in this book was spot on like Mm -hmm. it was some really excellent child psychology to the point where i thought like okay whoever wrote this isn't naturally a writer but might actually be a child psychologist (laughs) 
<laughs> Do you think every book in the series has a child psychologist in it? I don't think so. Just like, um, remember what's her face that every single book she wrote was about a British lady falling in love with a handsome Dutchman. <laughs> Beverly you know something. Maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> Because I think that's a weird thing to wait until book eight to do if you know so much about it. Oh, man. And it was just, and it was cool. Or a writer's like sister or someone is like, yeah, something like that. But anyway, so, and it was, it was very honest and I believed that completely. Um, I, you know, and in the best of circumstances, having two people who are just there to just be kind to a child and make them feel safe and not ever leave them. Yeah, that sounds like the best way to help a traumatized <laughs> child, which we can't do. We, you know, our government, nobody, we cannot do that. Like most social workers have like 500 patients and, you know, mm-hmm. people that they got to work with. Anyway, so she could just stay with Peanut to figure this shit out. Um, one day... Uh, one day Barrett is making uh, pigs in a blanket with Peanut, and Peanut's like, oh, we're making sausage horns. Bam! The whole thing, like, th- that breaks the case wide open. <laughs> wide open. They're like, why the hell would this little girl call them sausage horns? Who's ever called anything sausage horns? And they're like, you know what? It's from the Dutch. The Dutch call call those sausage horns. I mean, granted, they call them that in Dutch, not English, but whatever. So, let's, <laughs> so we're going to call, so we're going to, oh, she's the daughter of this Dutch lady who died, who's not actually Dutch. She was first generation American <laughs> whatever and then she died of and suicide. she's, and, she's and like, the only the, one in the whole country the whole case opens up and I swear to god like when her uncle because like she's talking about the case Gwen is talking about this case with her uncle when the uncle asks how did you find this out she says Barrett googled like that's it he just like Bloop, 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 figured it out. There's also a chapter where he Googles some of the psychology when she's not there. And he's like, oh, I sh- I, I did appreciate that at the end. He was like, okay, this is my research. I should talk to Gwen about it because she, this is her field. So she would know, et cetera, et cetera. But for, the, for that whole scene, I was like, oh, is this going to be a scene where he's able to just Google something and he knows better than her about her job? It also was dumb and unnecessary, but at least at the end, he was like, oh, I should talk to Gwen about this and get her opinion because she'll know. He was a very nice man. I mean, this was not a well-written book, but he was a very nice man. Gwen was a perfectly lovely human being. Peanut was cute. Like, everybody was nice. This is just a dumb book. Oh, my God. Like, I, and then, like, the, the case is blown wide open. They, they talk to Peanut in a heart-wrenching scene where she has to be like i'm going and like and it was like just imagine talking to a child about this she's like i'm going to tell you what i think your story is and it's going to hurt your heart but you're okay you're gonna be safe and it was just like oh it's gonna hurt my heart and i don't think i want to be here for this (laughs) yeah and the little girl is like I don't want it to hurt my heart. And I'm like, I don't want it to hurt your heart either. And the woman's like, but I have to know for sure. And and the, the little girl's like, I'll be brave. And I'm like, I know you will, baby. And I'm like, why am I so invested in this little girl? Anyway, uh, in a very tragic story, we find out that her mother was... Uh, clinically depressed and decided to commit suicide found a, found two people and were like you want a kid here's a kid 
passed her over to the, the couple who were very abusive, hinting extreme abuse. Um, the little girl did not like being there and thought her mother had like given her up because she was too much work. So she felt bad about who she was as a human being. And then um, the couple got in a fight one night and the fire that they were in front of because they were at like a camp um, got out of hand. And the little girl took that as opportunity to fucking run. And while she had run away, the wife killed her husband and then herself. No, no, that's not true. The wife killed her husband and then the police came and uh, confronted her. She shot a policeman and then the police shot her. Dark. Yeah. Yeah. Dark. Dark. So, so quick addendum. Dangerous is true of this book from the title, but just for Peanut. Yeah. Just <laughs> Peanut's Peanut. the only one who experiences danger. Um, after this, um, uh, that is when Gwen and Burnett, you know, say they, they love each other or Barrett Burnett. say that they, you know, Burnett, some <laughs> other person, Barrett say that they love each other and they're going to move in and they decide to move in together. Um, Peanut's birthday comes around and she wants um, Barrett to turn back into a snake in a very cute story. She, what she relates to Gwen that it happened was that she ran off into the woods and there's fire all around her and then a dragon came and saved her, which... I thought was freaking adorable and wish that it come up more. Um, Gwen is very confused and she's just like, you know, good job Barrett for like, you know, letting her believe a dragon saved her. That's cute. And Barrett's like, actually it's not a dragon. It's a snake. And then one of my favorite things in any shifter book we have read, um, Gwen is like, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> I genuinely don't think I can be in love with a man who's a snake. <laughs> And 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 she's like, but I'm gonna give it the good college try. I don't know how I'm gonna tell him I can't do this. They take Gwen out for her birthday. What she wants for her birthday is for Barrett to turn into a snake. He does right in front of them. And Gwen is like, fuck no, I'm out. I'm out. Absolutely not. I am not turned on by this. This is not sexy. This is scary. I hate it. <laughs> and I was like, yes. This is truth. And then, and then like, um, the, you know, Susanna slash Peanut jumps on top of him right away. She's like, let's go for a ride. And Gwen is freaked out by it, but she does it. And then she's like, okay, it's not that bad. He's not a bad snake. It's okay. He's actually kind of pretty. I kind of got it. I, I It's going to take some getting used to. And they, they like snake off to like a beautiful spot. Um, he turns back into a human and then he proposes marriage and they get married after knowing each other for like two months. Yeah. Something like that. And then, uh, you know, that's it. That's the end of the story. My God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I freaking loved that. She was like, like, absolutely not. No nope. way. Nope. No. Tapping out. I don't care how good the sex is. It's not happening. <laughs> God. And like they had sex every single night. They were like, they like, and it was just immediate. They're like, well, I guess I live here now and we're just going to fuck every night. Yeah. Um, so there, there was, was no, no romance build. No, they were, just, they were immediately in love. He was nice. And a snake at the beginning and a snake at the end. <laughs> there was no barrier to the relationship. None at all. Yeah. I, I also, thought it was especially for... funny. There was a moment they're standing in the kitchen 
and Gwen says something perfectly rational and reasonable about children and trauma that anybody who'd been around children for even a half a second could have figured out. And Barrett's like, she's the smartest person in the world. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're a big dumb fireman. <laughs> I do have to say, though, for a book that's so um, careful about like, oh, we need to help this kid with her trauma and this is what that looks like etc etc there sure was some magic dick going on in terms of Gwen she's like he stuck it in me and now I feel feelings again I feel alive again I'm like okay okay. yeah and then like he just needed to like recognize like he'd seen some of the files of the kids that she was working with and he's like you're the strongest person I know and she's and then she just busts out and cries for an hour she cries it all out and then she's fine that's all anybody needs fyi anybody disassociating right now and going through like deep personal trauma just cry it out for an hour you're fine (laughs) just get it out (laughs) goodness but i mean (laughs) anything else i mean there was things about this book that i mean the child trauma i thought they she did a good job i'll say that again and like I um, almost wish that this book had been longer and that he needed to use his sneakiness to like investigate what happened instead yeah. of just Googling it. Yeah, I would have enjoyed that as well. But again, I okay. think it was added last minute. So writers, writers, if if people are able to solve a mystery by just Googling it, and that's the only thing that they need to solve it. It wasn't a mystery. You, di- you didn't do a good job writing a mystery. <laughs> um, I think what I, what I also thought, I, what I, this is, and this is a weird thing, and we haven't really seen this, I think maybe once or twice, where somebody is woken up via blowjob. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like, I'm all right with that. I think that's perfectly fine. I do think there needs to be a discussion before that. Like, I do think, like, like we don't talk about male consent a whole lot, mm-hmm. but I honestly think that that's kind of an important thing. Like, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have sex with someone while they're asleep <laughs> unless you've had a discussion with that person where they're like, no, I want you to wake me up with sexy times and mm-hmm. I want your dick in me when I'm waking up. You know, I get it. Like, but I do think, like, that, like, that's it's you know it's a fantasy book there's the mansions into a snake i mean what am i supposed to say here but like <laughs> just wanted to say like we point out consent issues all the time and you know what if you're gonna wake up a man with a blowjob i i think you should double check to make sure that's something he enjoys <laughs> yeah yes on, on the one hand because of the consent on the other hand he's like oh yeah when i wake up i start swinging like that's something you gotta know ahead of time <laughs> yeah i mean and there was part of me when she put i really thought like when she put his dick in her mouth the first time to wake him up i thought oh he's gonna turn into a snake i thought that was when she was gonna discover he was a snake because he'd like lose control and like just snake it out (laughs) oh god and i think that would have been a great scene fyi he would have broken the bed I agree, but at least it would have been a snake thing. That's fair. Girl. (laughs) Girl. Oh, man. Anything else? 
Yeah, I have a whole art house like uh, revision of this for a short movie, but that we'll get into later. I have nothing else to talk about for this book. Great. That was Dangerous Serpent, Secret Desire, Serpent Shifter Romance Company, 417 Shifter Series, Book 8 by Amelia Wilson. (laughs) Nice. Well done. Any fang for him. A bite to save, shifter and preg possible, love story, Korea, Book 5 by J.D. Light, author, Anne Atwood, editor. Fagin's father is the alpha of his pit, and he's sick, and only seems to be getting worse. The healer that comes to the viper pit every few weeks can't seem to figure out why a shifter would be getting so ill, so Fagin goes to Purdy, looking for help. He didn't expect to find a human healer ready and willing to walk smack into the middle of a viper pit to help, but he's beginning to think Waters is either extremely brave or completely insane. Either way, he'll have to prepare the human, just in case uh, the worst happens and he's bitten by a deadly viper. That means biting him over and over until he becomes immune. The problem is, a shifter's bite can affect the person they are biting two-way. Like, that's it. That's that's the way it says it. Two-way. Immense pain, usually during torture and pleasure. Waters will take the pleasure, thank you. But after so much time and their countless intimate encounters, how will either man handle it when Fang's father is better and Waters has to go back to Purdy? Anything for him is book five in my new Mpreg possible series. It's a spin-off of the Chosen series and involves a whole new generation, but will of course have cameos from some of your favorite chosen characters, as well as some Terra Mortis characters. I consider these Mpreg books light, meaning though pregnancy is possible, that does not mean it will be in every book. Each book contains a new couple with a generate uh, with a guaranteed HEA. But if you want to know what is going on in the background plot, it's suggested you read them in order. Oh, fuck you, author. <laughs> that explains why I understood nothing that was happening in that not book only, for the first only, five chapters. <clears throat> Not only do you need to read the other books in the series, you need to read all of the books in the original series that this is a spinoff. From. Okay, 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 okay. I'm glad you read the back of the book, Claire, because that gave context that the book itself did not. Not! Okay. It did not give... Also, FYI, um, <laughs> the, several lies, several lies. They are... I mean, you don't know they're in a, in a town called Purdy until like most of the way through the book, but they don't leave that town until the end. Um, yeah. And as far as I knew, the pit was in the town. <laughs> so I'm going to read a passage. Oh, please. Listeners, imagine you, you, someone has handed you this book to read and you did not read the back. You know, li- you know, literally nothing about this book other than the title. Chapter 1. Fagin. This was not how I expected my trip to Purdy to turn out. Honestly, nothing about Purdy had been what I expected. Not from the very beginning when I arrived only to be greeted warmly by the Alpha and his sweet mate, down to following the most beautiful little human I'd ever seen in my life back to my room to bite him so we could start the process of getting him immune to rattlesnake venom. (laughs) Two things. One. What? So we just skipped all those scenes. We skipped all of those scenes. 
that that context those scenes apparently not important at all the whole reason why this guy is here not important we don't need to get into it also that paragraph was three sentences the first two were very short here's another one not from the very beginning when i arrived only to be greeted warmly by the alpha and his sweet mate down to following the most beautiful little human i'd ever seen in my life back to my room to bite him so we could start the process of getting him immune to rattlesnake venom that was one sentence that was one sentence and spoiler spoiler about our spoilers after we discuss the plot i'm gonna i'm gonna read so many sentences that are too long and don't make sense yeah no say i'm gonna i'm gonna read at least one i i just want to point out very quickly things that you don't know for a very long time one how old any of these people are you don't like or what the fuck is going on no you don't find out that this waters man is a full-on fucking doctor for most of this thing who owns a clinic he's not just like a a a 15 year old who does clinical work which is exactly what it sounded like i thought this was fucking harry potter school for the longest time i didn't know my room i didn't know what my room meant i thought is it a dorm room i just went dorm we're going dorm because i don't know what the hell else to think uh i still don't know was it a hotel room could have been was it a room in his own house could have been was it a room in a house that he was staying in as a guest of somebody else could have been who the fuck knows never fucking explain um there's i I feel like it told us at the end of the previous book exactly what was going on also they keep referring to uh the place that they're at not as purdy or as a city or as anything but as the leap the leap pays me the leap does this the leap has this the leap has one magic person the leap has this i that i think is the group of shifters that are in purdy that waters is part of but he's not a shifter but i don't know what type of shifter they are because i imagine the book before is about it right it doesn't mention i did look up a collect the collect list of collective nouns uh-huh and a leap is a leap of leopards <gasps> oh that's fun to say yeah so i'm sure the previous book was about a, a leopard and a leap uh that would be great um apparently unimportant for us to know we don't need to know these things so that was ex- um the and crazy out of nowhere okay my favorite character in this book is one we don't get a lot of the but witch she's a witch yes <laughs> break or whatever her name was yep yep and every uh, time we see her she is shit-faced she's shit-faced and you know what i love about her like and with all of these shifters hate witches in large part because they are chaotic that witches love chaos. And you know what? I was like, this is the best description of a witch I've ever wanted in a book. <laughs> and like, she does all the things you hope a witch does, which is like, she puts, you know, she puts spells on things so that people can't enter, you know, if they don't want them to, like, you know, magical. Th- she's like grouchy all the time. She just shows up with this potion is like, drink this. And they're like, why? She's like, unimportant. And it just means get fucking drunk with me. You're getting wasted. You're getting wasted. You're getting wasted. Everybody's getting wasted dad like she literally has three lines in the book and they're all lisped because she's drunk i fucking love it <laughs> um, also there was a point where waters comes out and he's like 
these people are all shit-faced and they're supposed to be protecting me from this like other guy this wolf that just tries to kidnap people we don't know anything about we it does not get explained to us and he's like should i tell someone no even drunk break is the best idea she's she's my best bet um they also like there was a very funny moment where it's like oh my god i you know here i am just walking through these woods and it's dangerous like i could be accosted by a werewolf dragging behind him a witch with nine fingers and i was like that's specific (laughs) it refers to very specific things from earlier in the series right and then we just not let in on um also never told what chosen means no he's never told sometimes no your butt glows your butt (laughs) literally glows (laughs) and and so his cute little bubble butt fucking glows in the dark and i was like like i don't know why but i guess we're doing this (laughs) i'm assuming my theory is that chosen are like humans that can mate with shifters uh, yeah i think so i'm assuming yeah who knows just, be- just because that seems like a thing that would happen in this genre it was not explained other than his butt glows like a baboon oh my god it was the single funniest thing um things that are very important to also point out i think at the top before we get into the plot is waters is is a dumb name autistic yes yes <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> and no one addresses that no <laughs> But there we are. <laughs> Everybody hates him except the love interest who thinks it's cute. Everybody hates him except we find out that actually nobody hates him. He just isn't able to pick up on the fact that people like him. He just yeah. thinks that everybody hates him. Yeah. It was... Anyway, okay. Okay. Take it away, my friend. So, Fagin shows up in Purdy. To talk to the alpha of the leap to get a healer, and by that we mean doctor, like licensed medical professional, to look at his dad. But but here's the thing. This book is written as if they're like, oh, well, everybody's going to read the back of the book. If I were reading this series and just like bought the book without reading the back and just started reading, I'd be like, who is this person? What is happening? Unless he's earlier in the series, I don't fucking know. Anyway. So um, the the leap is like, oh, here's this guy named Waters, which is such a bizarre name. Um, and so, so okay. So the leap is going to lend Waters out to the pit. God, I sound anyway. <laughs> um, so that he can heal Fagan's dad. But apparently, there's some like social tension within the pit that we are not let in on at all that some that the dad as alpha is trying to change their ways and other people like the old ways what this means is never explained to us but we do know that if that if a human shows up in the pit that someone one of the vipers might just bite him and kill him so Fagin is in town for a while so that he can inject some of his venom into waters and then feed him some of his feed waters some of his blood to heal him to help build up a tolerance to the venom. And of course it just so happens that when um when a when a shifter bites you and when a viper bites you to give you his venom it makes you come like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Even pass though later outcome. pass outcome. Pass 
I, okay, we'll we'll touch on that. Um, even though later there's a scene where Fagin is drunk. I don't know why he got drunk, honestly. Um, but then uh, Waters is just like, here, show me your fangs. And he milks the venom out of his fangs and just like injects it into himself. So it's like, so we don't need this whole like. Yeah, could have done that for the beginning. time thing, right? And then our first interaction between Waters and um, Fagin is they're in Fagin's room, dorm room, hotel room, underground bunker, whatever it may be. And they're talking, and it's a little bit awkward because Fagin's like, oh, it's going to get him off. So, like, he says to Waters, he's like, maybe you should be naked. And then Waters' response is like, usually when I ejaculate, it goes this far. So you might want to get a towel for yourself or whatever. And Fagin's like, you measured? And Waters is like, yeah, of course I did. I've run tests. I'm just like, okay, guy, whatever. Um, So then... Every time somebody comes in this book, they pass out, which at first, at first we think is because of the biting, but no, because then there's the scene when he's drunk and Fagin blows waters, waters comes. So he passes out and Fagin gets off on eating waters has come. So he passes out. Yeah. So like in this book, whenever, a, whenever a man ejaculates, he just falls unconscious immediately. <laughs> And I'm like, tell me this book was written by a woman without telling me this book was written by a woman. Oh, my God. It's bonkers. One of the funniest parts. And I like so it's when they're first like so. Oh, I got I guess I got to take off all my clothes if I'm going to come in my pants. And I'm like, do you? But okay, fine. So. So he takes off all of his clothes and he puts them on the floor and then like he's going to get back in the bed. And I've. I've gotten into several beds in my whole life. Um, the way he has to get into bed is by bending over, <laughs> like showing his ass, and then like g- carefully like climbing up. And I was like, "This is the most pornographic thing mm-hmm. I think I've read." And we've read a lot of books, and this was just outright. No, we're doing a porn now. <laughs> I, I wish his I wish his butt had been glowing in that scene. Oh, me too. Just like a little target, like he turned the light out and the 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 butt is no, still it, glowing. Yeah, you know, it it kind of was because that's because his crawling up into the bed like that was how Fagin knew he's like, oh, you have the mark, you're chosen. Yeah, but what the mark looks like, we have absolutely no idea. No idea that was not described for, to us. For all it we could know, be a freckle. It for all we know, it's a target centered around the anus. Yes, that just is painted on the bootay. Which I kind of believe it could be. Yeah. And and that was one of the funniest things. And I just imagine like Waters going, ooh, what? Ooh, ooh. Like, except then later found out he's autistic and would never make those noises. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So then a lot of not important stuff happens because we're in this situation where they, they have, to, Fagan has to like get Waters build up a tolerance to his venom before they can go to the pit so that takes a certain amount of time and then this 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 book has no idea what it's doing with the meta narrative with like or not the meta narrative but like the higher plot the bigger overarching plot because then at one at one point waters is like oh somebody's stealing chosens and um i'm gonna go walk by myself in the woods this is a good idea so then uh, the wolf shifter comes and is gonna take him and then the other to 
two other shifters show up and they're like leave him alone and one of them is like don't do it and then he leaves and they're like oh my god you were almost kidnapped and everyone's like weird and then they never talk about it ever again yeah i mean so okay the way i believe the plot was intended to be set up uh-huh. so it's supposed to be forced proximity um under normal circumstances like he would come to this little town he would you know like inject this dude with the anti-venom so that like he could get along but then they'd go their separate ways during the day so like yeah they would never talk to each other but the problem is that there's this witch stealing chosens and he's a chosen and so then the the alpha of the leap requests that fagin be his bodyguard so that like he's not taken by the chosen and then or taken because he's a chosen waters doesn't like looking weak and also kind of believes he's smart enough to outsmart anybody who's going to kidnap him so it's like this one bit of tension that could be happening between these two people like no you're important so that like my father lives and the other one is like i'm fine i don't like being around people your people get the fuck away from me and so that could be a great bit of tension and then he's almost kidnapped and he realizes he has to have this man around him and then over the course of time those are the beats of a bodyguard plot yes exactly over over the course of time like um like waters realizes that this man sees him different than other people do and accepts him for who he is and so he grows to like fagin fagin realizes that he's had this prejudice against humans his whole life and that he needs to let go of that prejudice because this human is great and maybe other humans are also great and and then and then it's not just about the sex it's also about like how much they enjoy each other like that seems to be the beats of the book that this person is trying to write right but it felt like it felt a little bit like the writer was like oh and then they get almost kidnapped and then this and like recognizes the beats but not the thing that connects them or the important the importance that they have to the narrative because the next thing that happens is um waters is at work and Fagin wasn't even there. Fagin was somewhere else. And then he's like, or maybe he was. I don't remember. Well, but he at was some outside point, because yeah, because Waters was, another... was like, you can't hang out here in the clinic. You have to like stay outside. And Fagin's like, okay, fine. And then Break shows up and she's like, drink this thing. And Fagin's like, well, she's coming with us to the pit, so she's being nice. So I guess I have to cut to Fagin has this conversation with like the new receptionist. And she's like, no, people tell me not to talk to you. But like, you seem like you're good at your job and your patients really like you. And that's weird. Also, it is very important to state because of a thing that happens later. They, they This narrative and the character's stress, Waters' patients love him. Love him. His patients love him. He has tension with his coworkers because he feels like they're duplicitous and he's not able to pick up on when someone is being insincere. So he like is like, whatever, they're not my friends, they're my colleagues. I don't have to be nice. I don't need to hang out kiki, whatever, whatever. So he's talking to this new receptionist. 
She's like, oh yeah, your patients really like you. You seem to be really good at your job. People told me not to talk to you, which I thought was super weird. And then some guy comes in. She's like, oh yeah, that guy told me not to talk to you. And then there's this really great moment where we see the receptionist be like, oh yeah, I clocked you out for your break. And he's like, I wasn't on my break. It's not until two. And she's like, yeah, that's what I thought too. But then I saw you sleeping out on the, the table outside, like the picnic table outside the clinic for 10 minutes. So I clocked you out. And it's like, oh, so good. And then Waters is like, I like her. We're going to be best friends. And then that's not important ever again. No, it's not important except for like the author is seemingly wanting to write about and make some important point about people with autism, which mm-hmm. I respect. I'm on board. Yeah. But whoa, but- you need a lot more edits and a lot more yeah. like, like, I thought the way she wrote Waters as a character study, aside from the rest of the narrative for the most part, I thought was good. And because I understood what she was going for. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't, shouldn't say she, I should say they, because I don't know this person's pronouns. Yeah. So, and there was an editor involved, apparently. And there was an editor involved. So I don't, so like, I genuinely feel as a character study, because I knew what they were going for and because I could, like, the writing for Waters was so different inside their head inside water's head his head versus like fagin's head i thought they did a good job with that and i want to mm-hmm. and i'll plant my flag in that particular sand this writer is terrible at narrative and it's so weird how terrible they are <laughs> because the thing is too that like we never saw like we weren't shown these things to be true of Waters's experience and his perceptions. We were always told about them kind of after the fact kind of thing. Like, oh yeah, and here's this thing that always happens. And then we were never given examples of it. And then beyond that, it didn't affect anything ever. Like it didn't affect him. It it affected his relationship with Fagin like a little bit. Like it took him yeah. a little bit to be like, oh, maybe he does actually like me. But also it didn't take any more time or didn't feel any different than like any other romance book we've read about a woman with no self-esteem who doesn't realize that the guy wants to fuck her. Right. You know? So it just, I, like I, I agree that it was like a really good approach to it, but narratively it didn't impact anything. Agreed. And it didn't have time to like grow or change agreed yeah um so then they go to the pit and it's um god uh fagin brings waters break the witch and i feel like there's another guy from the leap that goes with them and i feel like that's the person i was because i was calling someone barrett before or like bennett or something yeah bennett bennett is another person in this book who shows up a couple of times who is never introduced to me as important Mm-mm. or who they are or what kind Mm-mm. of sh- like i don't know i think this is a werewolf shifter i don't fucking know it's just know. like oh and there's bennett and i'm like is there who, yeah, ben- there was a there was a second that i forgot fagin was fagin i was like is bennett our guy is bennett our main guy what was his name again like i had to double check really like, oh no his name is fagin is his last name bennett no huh it felt a little bit like i would like reading this book felt a little bit like being at a party with a blindfold on and then just like <laughs> being shoved into different conversations and treated like i knew all the information already mm-hmm and the people. 
and the people let's i mean that's what it felt like like yeah and I, I just kept thinking give me just a little bit more i honestly sometimes just needed one sentence and i would have understood what was happening meanwhile we see the conversation where they say, oh, you can take Break the Witch with you. And then later she shows up and the narrative explains, oh, it's the witch that's coming with us. And I'm like, oh, so you're going to explain the thing we already saw, but not explain anything we didn't see? Great. Thanks. Super. Right. I also, Uh. at that moment, did not actually think it was was just like, because Fagin had never met Break before. So he's like, oh, this must be the witch who's coming with us. And I thought, oh, this book is being tricky. And it's not that witch. It's the bad witch. It's the nine-fingered witch who's give, who's given him poison and he doesn't know it. And now it's going to cause problems. Uh, no, it was Break. <laughs> no, it was Break. It was fine. Everything was fine. Okay. So they go to the pit where... Um, Fagin's dad is super, super sick. And it's strange for shifters to get this sick and to not heal because they have healing, like rapid healing properties. So they get into the room and it's the dad, Fagin's aunt, the dad's sister, and two guards. And they're sort of figuring out what to do. And he looks rough, the dad. Like it is, it is bad. And then the aunt is like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, why are you just bringing this human in here? Because, of course, she's like, my brother's getting something's wrong with my brother tension in the pit. So she is distrustful of strangers, which totally makes sense. And it's a human, which I assume there's like human shifter tensions that are discussed in another series altogether. I don't know. She's like, who the fuck is this guy? And then Waters, who... Is just like, get the fuck out of my way. I'm in charge now because I'm healing him and blah, blah, blah. And just does not ingratiate himself at all, which has been established in his character beforehand. So I'm like, okay, sure, fine, whatever, whatever. So he and the ant clash clash heads and then she goes to jump at him. He sprays her with a very special pepper spray that will continue to disfigure her face until she washes it off. And she has to do it in time or she'll scar Meanwhile, his patients love him, but he brings pepper spray to his consultations. I was like, what is happening? Why are you doing this? Because we didn't even, because then later she tries, or like she tried before and Fagin stopped her. And then he like pepper sprays a woman. He's like, I don't know you pepper spray. Like it will literally disfigure your face and continue to do so. Like it, it's not like a, uh, it like has a constant reaction until you wash it off yep what the fuck are you doing my guy what Uh, warn somebody warn somebody or don't bring pepper spray to like a medical examination yeah i don't know anyway so then he's like um oh i have i have to read this sentence he says so he he waters evaluates the the dad he's like okay okay this is this is his evaluation I think you might be being poisoned. I think you might be being Being poisoned. poisoned. (sighs) There are better ways to say that. Anyway, so then they do some investigation and the, the narrative literally says the ant brings in some guy. 
Yeah. It's literally a character we have never met. Fagin has met like twice. It's literally like the narrative literally says some, some guy. guy. And then he was like to the aunt. He's like, I did this for you. I love you. I want you to be alpha. I did this for you. I was poisoned. It was like one of the cooks. It's like I was poisoning him for you. Blah, blah, blah. And then. And then they get rid of him and they're like, okay, what do we do? Oh, now that we know that there are people who are disloyal, we got to figure it out. And then Waters, who, okay, previously he's been established as sort of cold, detached, very logical, very calculating, um, in a way that is like slightly more than the average person is like a little off-putting. His, uh-huh. his thing is like, oh, well, we'll, s- we'll send the people who are loyal to you a secret message to come and get an antidote, and then we'll poison the water sp- supply and kill everyone else. So it's a, it's, a qu- it's a quick step from I don't like making small talk to being a war criminal. Right. And like, but that was, it also seemed like not only was that his way of shoring up like... Um, shoring up power, but also like figuring out who is not loyal to him. And all I thought was like, one, I mean, you know who's loyal to you because you just said there's a way to just contact them and let them yeah. know like this thing is happening. But two, oh my god, <laughs> right, right. And, and even Fagin is like, ooh, <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, that's scary. I'm a little turned on. I'm like, no, that's a that's a war crime. Uh, that's a war crime anyway so then we we skip through the dad's recovery we're like oh he's not doing great oh he's doing better now he's perfectly fine we just skip over those months and rapid secession all in one chapter so fast i had to reread it because i was like wait is it now times what when is this did this happen in the next second (laughs) i i don't claire i honestly could not tell you it could have been and then at the very end they're like, okay, everything's cool now, right? And then three guys show up, and then one of them is the where the wolf shifter that tried to capture um, um, Waters, and the other one looks exactly like him. It turns out it's his twin brother, and some guy that we met a couple times is like, you have to save him. And they're like, he's the guy who tried to capture Waters. And he's like, but he's my mate. End of and book. That's the, that's the cliffy. Also, sorry, I do have to st- touch on like the quote romance of this and i i know i know it's a trope of the genre i know it's something that people are like super into the whole thing of like the faded mate of like there's a point that's they that waters and fagin each realize like oh i'm his mate you're my mate and now we're stuck together like there's no choice in it there's no choice in like you never choose to be with someone in these situations it's always like oh you're my mate so this and you know it works out because by this this point they want to fuck each other and they're in love with each other but they don't know it but it's always like there's no choice it's just like oh you're my mate now we're together forever it happened and i know i know that's the trope i know the idea of like oh someone faded for everyone uh, romantical blah 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 blah. it just is not interesting to me to read because it's like oh now we're mates i'm like oh so they didn't make any they didn't have to make any choice none of this mattered none of this really mattered because they would have ended up together anyway yeah so none of the choices that we made, nothing influenced anything because they were already faded to each other. It's like, um, is it Calvinism that believes in predetermination where it's like, no matter what you do, some people are just going to have it and some people just aren't. And we don't know who they are. So there's nothing you can do about it. I'm like, well, then why are we all just like getting drunk and getting laid every goddamn day if it doesn't matter what we do? Because it's already been decided whether or not we're going to heaven. 
anyway. <laughs> so that was the plot. I say plot in quotes of that book. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like to read a few passages, please. Ooh, Mimi, I want to read one first. Okay. This is the whole sentence. The problem was vipers were dangerous. Too. Yeah, I thought you would. <laughs> the problem was vipers were dangerous, even to other shifters. And this beautiful man who stood before me, looking curious and so damn tempting with his wide, light brown, almond-shaped eyes and sweet-looking, plush lips that parted out naturally, looked like, like they were begging for a kiss or trying to tempt me into letting him have his way. And his strange energy that I'd never seen before was human and therefore even more susceptible to venom than any kind produced. One sentence. One sentence. I just like, Neil, you read the next one. Just, oh my God, I'm going to count the commas. I got to count the commas. Go for okay. it. Okay. I'm going, to re- I'm going to read everyone this sentence, how it is written. Because it's, it's nonsense. Okay. My case I'd brought with me that second night with all my toiletries had a few things in there, comma. I thought I could use, comma. So I extricated myself from Fagin's hold and went over to rummage through the thing, comma, until I found a couple alcohol wipes and a syringe, dash. I'd thrown those in just in case Fagin regretted what he'd done that first night, comma, and decided he didn't want to bite me anymore, dash, and then grabbed one of the little glasses off the table, comma, moving over to the bed and laying everything out on the nightstand, comma before patting the bed beside me what okay okay just just i'm just gonna take this very this very oh god i mean try to work it out but just the very beginning my case i brought with me the second night with all of my toiletries had a few things in there i thought i could use my case i brought with me that second night with all my toiletries had a few things in there comma i thought i could use why is that comma there that comma doesn't need to be there why is that comma there what is it doing? It does nothing. It what? What? No, that's a complete sentence in there. You don't need that comma, nor do you need the dash with the thirty-seven commas inside of it. What is happening? What did this editor do? Uh, I don't know, but uh, this editor did they just read it and jerk off together? Because if that's what they want to do, great. But don't call yourself an editor if that's what you did. Fourteen commas in that sentence oh I read. God. Fourteen commas. It's. It was unbearable this book it is not a long book this is a short book and there would be there would be times that i would be reading through it i was like i i have to take a break and i had to watch like three youtube videos before i could get back to it and and i was like mildly invested in these characters i'm like there's a lot of world building i do not understand but like sure i'm on the i'm i'm here for the ride let's see what happens but just these these sentences that went on forever it it was so hard it was so hard because also our author is asking us to retain information for such a long time by interrupting the sentences with other complete thoughts Mm -hmm. and then smushing back to where we were before like it's a puzzle this this syntax is a puzzle it is it it, it's a maze it's a maze of commas and clauses and dangling participles like i don't understand yeah Yeah. 
No, I. Oh, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. Oh. Also, yeah. just, please, please, I even if just have pity on us who have not read the rest of the series and explain things even just a little bit. Just a little. Just a little. God. Anything else to say? No, that's all I've got to say. Okay. That was Anything for Him, A Bite to Save Shifter and Preg Possible Love Story, Korea Book 5. Oh, he is pregnant at the end. Yes, he is pregnant at the so end. So not only was it possible, but it happened. <laughs> and I did appreciate that it wasn't because he was throwing up in the morning. Um, Fagin's like, oh, his energy feels different. He's like brighter. It's like he's glowing. And then and then he goes to like talk to the dad. And the dad's like, oh, Waters. You're glowing. And Waters is like, oh, am I? And Fagin's like, yeah, what does that mean? And Fagin's dad is like, I'm going to be a grandpapa. Like, he's so excited. He's, <laughs> he's so, so excited, excited to be a grandfather. He's so excited oh. to be a grandfather. Yeah, that was really sweet. Okay. Sorry. That was uh, anything for him. A bite to save Shifter and Preg Possible Love Story, Korea Book 5 by J.D. Light. Are you ready? Am I ready? Are you ready? Am I ready? Let's play Fuck Mary, 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 Fuck Waters. Uh-huh. Or Fagin's father. Oh. That's almost exactly the one that I had. <laughs> which would have been Baron F- Barrett Fagin, Fagin's father. Yeah. Do you mean Fagin? No. Oh, I do mean Fagin. You do Waters. mean Fagin. So I the do snakes. Mean Fagin. The snakes. The snakes. Okay. Um I'm oh. I'm, hmm. This is, this is actually tricky. They, they were all very pleasant. Yeah. (laughs) None of them, none of them were assholes. So it's sort of like, but they're all like mildly pleasant. So it's like, what can, what can I hitch myself to for the rest of my life kind of thing? I think, I think I'm going to marry Fagan. Okay. He's nice. He's good at the sex. He will find my quirks endearing. And he, I'm assuming, will inherit the alpha position. Yeah, sure. Why not? If and when his dad passes away. I'm going to fuck the dad. Because I bet he's been around the block a few times and I bet he's good at it. Yeah. I bet he knows what he's doing. And there's this, when he found out that he's going to be a grandpapa, he like kisses Waters on the forehead or like the top of the head or something is like, oh, I accept you, blah, blah, blah. I imagine after he gives me a good fucking, there'll be like a little kiss on the forehead. Yeah. Like, kind of, I'm just like, oh, that sounds so nice. And I'm going to um, kill Barrett, not because I want to, but simply because he didn't get to be snaky enough. Yeah. The book did not allow him to be snaky, which is not his fault. I do not no. blame him for it. I have to kill someone for an arbitrary reason, and that's what it is. I think that's fair. I think that's yeah. fair. What about you, Claire? Um, so I saw an excellent uh, Instagram post recently, and this woman mm-hmm. said, is he handsome or is he just carrying a child? And <laughs> I really appreciated that, but I'm going to go ahead and go for it. And I am going to, in fact, marry um, Bennett Barrett. Barrett. 
whatever. I'm going to marry Brandon. Barrett. Um, I thought he was cute. I thought, you know, like, he's a fireman. Um, <laughs> he was just snaky enough for me. <laughs> I don't need him to be more snaky. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't need any of these men to be snaky at all. But just from someone who's reading a book about snake shifters, I wanted more snake shifting from him. You know what's funny though? Um, I don't think we ever saw anybody shift into being snakes in um No, we just saw the him. teeth. Yeah, we just saw the teeth. No they one shifted actually... except the except the no one shifted. No one shifted, I don't think. I'm assuming I'm assuming the wolf shifter who tried to kidnap him looked werewolf-esque. Yeah. Because they knew right away that he was a wolf. There was no shifting. No shifting. But being a shifter was more important to the story. It was. It was. It was integral yeah. to the plot. Um. But anyway, yeah. So he was just snaky enough for me. Fair. Um, and Peanut sounded cute. Oh, Peanut sounded adorable. Obviously, I loved Peanut. Um... And I think I am going to fuck Fagan's father for all mm-hmm. the same reasons that you said, um, which does mean I'm going to kill Fagan. And it's not because I think he deserves to die, but because them's the breaks. Them's the breaks. Them's the, them's breaks. the breaks. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 like I, I'm sure I realized it at the time, but now that we've talked about it, it's like, oh, everyone was nice. Yeah. I remember this book was even the aunt who's like mm, gruff. I'm just like, oh, but you're kind of nice. It's fine. Yeah. I thought she was the poisoner at first, and then yeah. I was like, oh, I guess we're not doing that. Okay, sure. No, She's just it was super protective. It was literally some guy. Yeah, it was just some guy. Oh my god. Okay, Claire. Uh huh. Fuck Mary Kill. Uh huh. Um, Gwen. Break, or the aunt. Oh, um, I'm so our our only three ladies, our three ladies, the whole books. I am going to marry break. Gosh, that chaos is too chaotic, but fuck it. I love it. You know what? She, she, you know, she can keep people out of a place. I don't want them to be. She just arrives with good alcohol all the time. Like, look, this could be a very problematic and toxic relationship, but I don't care. Me and break till the end of time. I'm excited about Mm -hmm. it. Um, (laughs) Um, and uh, I am going to fuck Gwen. We'll have a talk about consent, but I think she's good at it and she's good for it. And I yeah, think yeah, that'd yeah. be fine. I'm going to kill the aunt, not because I think she deserves to die. I think she's very protective and I mm-hmm. think she's a good person. I like that because the guy was like, I love you and I think you should be alpha. And she's just like, look, I also have problems with change. I hate change. And I think what my brother's doing is maybe dumb. But you know what? fine he's the alpha so yeah and she's like i do trust him to have the pit's best interest at heart so even if i don't agree i know he's acting in good faith so i just have to roll with the punches and i did laugh out loud when she was just like i mean you know he you know his son brought this little witch in here and we all hate witches but i don't hate her because she's a witch i hate her because she's fucking crazy and then, I, <laughs> and then i just imagine breaking the back like getting all the snakes drunk hey it's a party <laughs> <laughs> it's a party <laughs> fair 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 um i'm gonna fuck break I, I, I cannot handle that <laughs> that kind of energy for the rest of my life. There was, I will say, um, quick, quick side note, because it involves break, sort of. 
Um, there were a couple good one-liners in our gay one. I don't remember the titles anymore because they all say serpent, whatever, secret danger, serpent, blah, 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 shifter, our Mpreg possible book. There was a point because she, the booze that she brought. Okay. So shifters, witches, there's a group of people called immortals. They can't get drunk or like human alcohol doesn't get them drunk. What break bought brought was a potion specifically designed to get immortals drunk. So, uh, Fagan didn't know he was going to get drunk when he drank it. And then afterwards, <laughs> Waters is explaining this to him. And Fagan is like, oh, I was drunk. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty great, it was, too. <laughs> it was it was funny. There were, there were some good one-liners in there. Yeah. Um, like the part where the, it was after their, the morning after their first time. And um, Fagan's like, I think we should keep this professional, like, very strictly, like, we're, yes, there's a sexual component involved. It's a byproduct of what we're doing, but we need to stay focused on like why we're doing this. And Waters is like, yes, I agree. And I do have to say, Mr. Whatever his last name, that you have ejaculate in your hair. Yeah. <laughs> there were a couple of key moments. Anyway, was, anyway, anyway. Couple, I'm gonna, I mean, there was another funny moment. Like, we're going to have a professional breakfast. We're keeping this professional. The breakfast is professional. And then Waters says, does that mean we have to pay the eggs? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this, and like Fagan doesn't know he's telling a joke, and I mean, crack up. I cracked up. Anyway, so I'm gonna fuck break. I think I'm gonna marry the aunt. Mm. She's protective. She has a position of power in the pit. Um, she's loyal. Fagan is hot. I assume the dad was hot. I assume the sister is hot. Like, I assume they're an attractive family. And we're going to kill Gwen, not because I want to, but because I don't... I, I don't want to be in a situation where I am somebody's magic dick. Like, I don't I don't want that to happen. Uh, no, that's not good for either of us. So I'm going to kill her. So. Yeah. Uh, and about of all the characters, Claire? Um... Well, I think I'm going to stick with Barrett as my husband. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was pretty great. Barrett, Bennett, Breckett. Barrett, his name is Bob Barrett. Bob it. Um, it. Slap it. <laughs> Twist it. Snake it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and I think... Oh, okay. Um... Okay, I think I'm going to fuck Fagin. Let's do this. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think, like, again, I think you're right. I think he's going to be good at it. I think he's going to be fun and fine. And I also think he doesn't generally like humans, so this could be a one and done. Mm -hmm. Which I think would make us both happy. And I think I'm going to kill the Nine-Fingered Witch. Everybody is that we really never nice. see. Yeah, everybody's really nice in this book. In these books, like uh, in general, I I think I'd feel genuine. Like I I don't think there's anybody I could kill in um, serpents, dangerous serpents, secret desire. Um, Other than people who are already dead, like the right. the, the, yeah, the foster I mean, parents, would, or yeah, you know. I would kill the people who hurt Peanut, but they're dead already, so that doesn't seem great. And then in like any fang for you, like there's a lot of annoying people, but they don't seem worth it. So fuck it, nine fingered witch. Also, sure. getting rid of her will solve so many problems. So <laughs> that's very true. Murder is usually the answer, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and you. Um, 
I think I'm gonna fuck Fagan. Um, I think I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna marry Gwen's uncle. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with any of this. <laughs> I just want to be removed from all of this and like hear about it secondhand. He was nice. I don't know anything about him, but he seemed perfectly fine. Though I also kind of want to marry Fagan's dad. I don't know. I'll go with the uncle. I'm like, I don't need this drama. I just want to be like tangentially related to it. Um, and I'm going to kill the guy that uh, took the break early. That works with waters yeah. and is like telling people not to be nice to waters because yeah, that sounds from good. from we waters is like nobody likes me nobody likes me and then we're in his head and he's like oh yeah i constantly have to tell this guy to do his goddamn job and he like throws a temper tantrum about it every single time and now he tells people this and this and like and now nobody likes me it's like no that that guy's just an asshole so i'm gonna kill him he was an asshole yeah yeah uh and the book's claire um okay I'm gonna kill both of them. Yeah. I just. <sighs> and you know what? I'm gonna do it for two very important reasons. Uh, the very first one, I'm gonna kill it because the title is incorrect. Um, there is no danger, um, and the secret desire is not secret. So that's the end of that. He's barely a shifter. I don't think it would satisfy people who are into shifter romances mm -mm. either. The next one, I'm gonna kill for comma. Um, Comma crimes. <laughs> comma crimes against commas. <laughs> comma, 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 crimes. <laughs> comma, 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 cobra. Eat shoots and leaves. Eat shoots, Eat shoots and, and leaves. <laughs> good 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 okay um i'm going to kill danger serpent fireman um for the same reason like he wasn't snaky enough the the fact that he was a shifter had nothing to do with anything the fact that he could just google it is really upsetting the the magic dick to like bring Gwen back to life. Uh, it's fine, cause you know you know that if one of her if she had like adult patients and they were like, oh I just I you know like I felt like I was disconnected blah blah blah. But now this guy and every time I have sex with him I feel so alive. She'd be like, that's not real emotion, right? Because of X Y Z. But she doesn't listen to her own advice anyway. But I don't like that that was there. Like why in a book that is so careful about like trying to help a child through trauma also involves magic dick. Like why? Why yeah. do anyway. Um but again, everyone in it seemed perfectly nice. They're very lovely people. There also just was no conflict. The mystery of like who Peanut was didn't even feel all that important even though that's what they were trying to do. Like the stakes about it didn't anyway, whatever. Um and then I'm also going to kill anything for him. Um, but the, because of comma crimes, but also I was just like, it is fucking bonkers. And you know what? Sure. Whatever. Good for you. So I'm going to kill it by biting it with my snake venom so that it gets off and passes out and just doesn't wake up. So it's yep. like a nice 
painless death. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It shoots in. It's going to be stuck in my head all day. Okay. Is it time? It's time. It's time. time our favorite game. Our favorite game. <gasps> Christine Gas. Okay. Okay. So, so one of them. Um, wait. Let me. Yeah. One of them has a parenthetical that I will not read until after the guess because it gives it away. Okay. So we are reading mm-hmm. Choosing Simon by K.A. Bell and Casey Bell and Abby's Bluff by Heather Hart. Is it Ireland? No. Okay. Oh, um. Choosing. Because I'm going to say Abby's Bluff is a bluff, like a coastal bluff. Does it, that, is it? That is one meaning of the word bluff, yes. <laughs> <laughs> is it this meaning of the word bluff? No. It poker. It's not. You are very, very close, Claire. God damn it. Oh. Uh, what else has a bluff in it? Craps? Uh... Gambling? Casinos? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Keep going, keep going. Casinos, casi- car dealers? Where where do casinos live? Las Vegas. Yes. <gasps> so the full titles are Choosing Simon, Oz Vegas Trilogy Book One by K.A. Bell and Casey Bell and Abby's Bluff by Heather Hart. Well. Huh? Yes. I am excited (laughs) well you're only reading one of the books right yeah well i've decided i'm going to read the first like quarter of one of them okay so that i have like i know who the players are and i have an idea of where things are going to go so that when claire tells me what happens i can be like oh of course (laughs) or fucking what yeah yes yeah 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 i don't think and don't tell me which one until like the day of that way like goodness I read both, and then, like, you show up, and you're like, and this is the one I stopped reading. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fun. Good, good. Yay. Yay. Um, I almost almost picked one about a showgirl. Lola. And I was like, that sounds like a lot of fun. But then this other one is a trope that, like, (laughs) I hate. But, like, I don't know. We'll, We'll see what happens. Um. Well, thank you, Claire. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Christine. Thank you. Thank you, authors. Thank you so much, authors. I know we take these books and we tear them apart, mm-hmm. and uh, with our fangs, <laughs> we just milk the fangs for the we, venom and then throw we, the rest of the snake away. <laughs> your book landed in our viper's nest. <laughs> And here we are. But we but did purchase the... the books, and we also asked that people purchase the books as well at the top. Yeah. And... You have our money. Also, we liked all your characters. Oh, yeah. We didn't want to kill any of your characters. And that, I mean, like, that's... For I mean, for what little our opinion should mean to you, that's that's not nothing. We've killed mm-hmm. a lot of allies in this. <laughs> we've... Ki- we've Yeah. Yep. Yep. So many. Even though Waters wanted to commit a war crime, but that's fine. What can you do? Um, (laughs) Not write him wanting to commit a war crime. That's what you could do. Anyway. Probably do that. Uh, Thank you, listeners. Thank you so much, listeners.
You are our favorite people. Mm-hmm. And what can they do if they want to love us just a little bit more? Well, all of you should rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends all that good stuff. But if you want to love us a little bit more, and by that I mean give us money, because this is capitalism, and the economy's shitty. So if you if you can kick a little extra money our way, we'd really appreciate it. Patreon.com slash fmklitpod. There's a link in the description, uh, but you have to type the whole thing into your web browser. It is hard to find us on Patreon because we say dirty words. Dirty, dirty words. Like queef. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and I guess that's all we have to say other than if you can do so safely and consensually and with an anti-venom on hand <gasps> keep, keep fucking, fucking.